Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. Hey listeners, in this episode, I caught up with another APHA annual meeting speaker, Stuart Beatty, who is an expert on expansion of pharmacy services, and he will be sharing about value-based payments, population health, payment justification for services, and provider status opportunities. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, our guest Stuart Beatty is the founder of Strategic Pharmacy Initiatives and has over 10 years ago, he started as the first pharmacist practicing within the primary care setting at a large academic medical center. Practice now hires nine pharmacists across the primary care network and has been the primary training site for more than 20 pharmacy residents in the ambulatory setting. Stu has been involved in value-based contracts, alternative payment models, billing and justification of pharmacist positions and population health initiatives. He's published papers and given numerous state and national presentations on the expansion of pharmacist services. Stu, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you so much. It's really nice to be here. Well, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or maybe share a little bit about your personal life. Okay, yeah, I think that was a a pretty good intro. Um, I've been working in the primary care setting uh, for over 10 years now. Uh, Very fortunate to work with a lot of really good um, pharmacists, a lot of really good physicians that understand the role of the pharmacist and the value that we bring to the team. And it's really allowed us to to grow and expand our services. So now I'm I'm hoping to help other people get in that same setting, whether it's in a physician's office um, exactly or actually in the community pharmacy trying to integrate into those networks. Yeah, that's that's great. So um, we're here at, at APHA mm-hmm. annual meeting, and uh, that's value-based care um, is one of the presentations that you're a speaker for. Uh, and so with your experience in actually doing this, so, you know, value-based care has been an idea for a while. We're still in a phase of, of implementing that. Um, and you know, it's great to see some of the success stories. How would you say, um, your practice site has been a success or what, what are some of the key things that, that you've been able to do at your site that you help to teach other pharmacists? Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing um, that I think we've been able to do is we have a really good relationship with the physicians. Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate enough to be there really at the beginning or kind of even before the value-based care model was starting. Um, and as a result of that, we already had the relationship. So when these contracts started to come in, the physicians naturally came to us on the pharmacy team and said, hey, we all of a sudden need to help meet this clinical metric or we need to help with these diabetes patients. We know you already do that. How do we start to formalize this? How do we start to um, really scale this up from what we've been doing so we can start to meet these metrics um, even more? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, are there any specific disease states that uh, are more uh, of need, I guess, or that, that you've really focused on? It's a big pain point for um, the physician practices where you're in. Yeah, the biggest thing I would say in, in that regard is I think pharmacists have to be nimble and you have to be agile because there are a lot of different value-based contracts out there. Mm -hmm. And if you're working with a physician practice, they may have 10, 11, 12 different um, contracts that they're starting to track. There are pretty common things that come from most of those. So things like uncontrolled diabetes, uncontrolled hypertension, those tend to be there for most. So I think if you can work up something, you can start there, you're gonna be able to impact multiple plans. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also, again, think it's really important to be agile, to be able to go to the physicians and say, what metric are you not meeting? What do you need help with? Mm -hmm. I'm a pharmacist, we have training in medications, we can help you get to that metric. Okay, yeah. And so, Stu, as you're approaching these physicians, how are you able to, to justify paying for having a pharmacist provide these services? Yeah, and I think that pharmacists need to understand a little bit about these value-based contracts and sometimes actually educate the physicians about it as well. We obviously are still struggling for provider status and trying to move down that path, and that does make direct reimbursement very difficult for us. The nice thing about value-based contracts is physician practices are now getting paid care management fees a lot of times are called or various different payments in the value-based contract to pay for support staff um, so it's not just the physician so they may be getting capitated payments per member per month payments and that's to help build staff a lot of practices initially think i need more nurses maybe i need a social worker mm -hmm. so i think what we have to do as a profession is say you need a pharmacist because right. what I found is working with the pharmacist, physicians always want that. Right. Like they respect us. They know that we bring something to the table. It's right. just they haven't seen that model themselves sometimes. Right. So we kind of have to sell ourselves a little bit. Yeah. And as we're moving toward more towards this team-based care, they got to have a pharmacist on the team. So. Absolutely. And yeah. some of the contracts may actually have incentives that specifically say you need to have a pharmacist or mm -hmm. you need to have... For example, some of them use comprehensive medication management. You've got to have okay. a plan in place for your practice to do comprehensive medication management. So it may not specifically say that it needs to be a pharmacist, but sure. when you start to have things in there that say you're working with medications, right. again, there's an incentive, there's something there for that practice to say, I've got a pharmacist to help with that. Yeah, definitely. And so, Stu, you're practicing in Ohio where mm -hmm. um, Ohio had made, you know, news waves uh, in January, I believe, mm -hmm. when the governor signed uh, a bill allowing for pharmacists as providers. Um, that's really kind of a groundbreaking thing. We're, we're still working, of course, uh, at the federal level, but I think um, we're probably going to start to see it more state by state. Right. How has that impacted uh, practice in Ohio? Yeah, we're really excited about that in Ohio, um, and it's really just now starting to get to the point where we're getting to the implementation phase. Um, it's a long journey, so we do have that provider status bill that's been passed. The next step is really having the, the Medicaid plans, the insurance plans recognize mm -hmm. us as providers. And that's right. what will get us to the point where we're getting the reimbursement. So we're not, we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually been working um, with some other folks in the state um, with the Medicaid plans and with the managed Medicaid plans to start to say, hey, as a pharmacist, like we can do these clinical services. Again, going back to the value-based stuff, we can help the state meet these clinical metrics. And now we're providers. So how do we build this out? How do we start to see, start to reimburse us for these codes, give pharmacists an incentive 
to help the patients, to help the overall health of the patient. It's not just about medications. It's not just about reimbursement for that. Have us be part of this team um, so we can really help the overall health of the state. Right. Yeah. Very exciting in Ohio and hopefully other states will follow. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 Drug Disposal of Controlled Substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer ready-to-use chemical drug disposal systems are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. So Stu, you know, we've talked a little bit about value-based care, but another one of the big buzzwords right now is population health. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about what does population health mean and what's the pharmacist's role in population health? Yeah, that's a that's a good question too. And the reason it's such a good question is because there's a lot of different definitions out there mm-hmm. on what population health is. Um, we've been involved in a lot of different population health initiatives, and there really isn't a, a definition that's de- decided upon by I think the whole medical field. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do is we use our electronic health record to help with with different registries to identify populations. Mm-hmm. So we've done that with lots of different things. We kind of break it down into three categories. Um, so one, one of those is chronic disease management. Mm-hmm. So I kind of talked about those uncontrolled people with diabetes, uncontrolled hypertension. You mm-hmm. can go in with a registry and automatically identify who are these patients that are really poorly controlled right. and start to build out um, protocols and, and things for that particular population. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things that pharmacists can get involved in though. Um, so for example, there's preventative health. So you can go in and say, who are our patients um, that are part of this physician's practice that haven't had um, vaccines? And, and there's a pharmacist role for that. There's mm-hmm. a way to go in and say, who are the people that are in need of colorectal screening? And let's reach out to those patients. So I think that those are some interfaces. The other thing that we've done, and a lot of this really isn't in the value-based contract world yet, uh, but we've really identified some patients that are at um, in various high-risk things. So one example is anticoagulation. Mm-hmm. So we've gone through and we, we've found all of our patients that are on DOAX, and we've said, let's identify all these people. Let's make sure they're on the right dose. There's so much confusion about this new class of medications. Mm-hmm. Let's reach out and make sure that our patients are adherent to them mm-hmm. um, to make sure that they, that they realize that if they don't take that pill for 12 hours, they're at risk for a stroke Mm -hmm. um, right away. Um, So we've done some initiatives like that for high-risk medications, opioid stewardships, things like that. So there's Mm -hmm. kind of three different buckets Mm -hmm. when it comes to population health. Um, And I think pharmacists can get involved in in any of them. Yeah, definitely. Lots of opportunities. And so um, for for pharmacists who are out there and you're hearing some of these different buzzwords and you're like, how do I fit into that? Or what do I do? That's something that you're you're offering. It's like you've kind of been in the field, been Mm -hmm. in the trenches, and uh, that's a little bit about what you're doing with your consulting. Is that right? That's right. If people are interested, then I'd I'd be more than willing to help help them out, Um, whether that's meeting with physicians, that's giving them the tools for feeling confident enough to meet with physician practices, um, can certainly certainly help in any of those regards. I really think the biggest thing is, is pharmacists want to be involved and they're not really sure what the next step is. Right. And, and from what I've seen, I've been fortunate enough to talk at some, um, some other talks that aren't pharmacy talks, a little mm-hmm. bit more team-based. And, and what I hear is I hear physicians get up and say, that's fantastic what you're saying. I want a pharmacist to come and work for me. 
how do I find one? So I've kind of been lucky enough to be in the middle and see both sides of this. And I really think that pharmacists need to become active and advocate because I think the opportunities are there. Um, I really feel like we've got to take advantage of this right now. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Um, Well, Stuart, uh, as our final question, I'd love to ask, um, what is some advice that you would share with your younger self or for other pharmacists who are just getting started in their career? Well, that's a really good question. Uh, I am getting older, so I have to think back a while to when I was a younger pharmacist. Um, but the advice I usually give a lot of students and I give and I give residents is similar to what I just said. I really think in the, in the pharmacy world, we're so structured. Um, we like check boxes. We like tasks. Um, we really have to get a little bit outside of that and be comfortable taking a risk and mm-hmm. saying, we don't know exactly what this looks like. Right. We don't know exactly how we can help you as a physician or what that metric might be, but we know we can help you. Yeah. And uh, we want to help the patient. It really all comes back to the patient. We can help your patients become healthier. We just need an incentive. We want to start to get paid so we can help that. Right. Awesome. Well, great. So it's such a pleasure to have you a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you want to check out the show notes, be sure to go to www.pharmacyadvisory.com. We're ha- we will have all of that information there. And again, a special thanks to our sponsor, TheraWorks Relief, which is excellent for muscle cramps and restless legs. Be sure to check it out. It should be available in your pharmacy near you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 